This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. So we had here the cipher was here this morning. So it's good I had to spend some time talking about uh, checking tefillin and checking mezuzahs. So as we're getting closer to the month of Elul, it's worth mentioning there's a Mata Ephraim. Who was the Mat Ephraim? The Mat Ephraim was of Ephraim Zamer Magolus. He lived in the end of the 1700s. He was Nifter at the beginning of the 1800s. So he wrote a classical saver called the Mat Ephraim, which is basically a Jewish handbook starting from Meshchedish El till Matzei Sukkis. He goes by the Simonim in the Shulchan Aruch, Tafkaf Pe'alef, all the way through. And it's uh, Mamish Oldham and Hagim that most of us do today. Many of it is recorded in the Mishnaburah. Sometimes he quotes the Mishnah in the Mishnaburah. Sometimes he doesn't quote the Mishnah in the Mishnaburah. But the Mat Ephraim is the go-to safer during this time of the year. If you look at the Mat Ephraim in Simon Tov Kuf Pei Aleph, Sif Kot Yud, he writes the following. He says, V'yesh Anshei Maisa. There are those, you know, special people. Shenayigim, that they have a practice, B'chodesh in the month of Elul, B'fash V'shim B'diktukei Mitzvahs. They start to check a little bit, to look into the way they do mitzvahs. And they check the tefillin and the mezuzahs. That's what he writes. That there's a practice during the month of Elul that many people check the tefillin and the mezuzahs. But it's kedai to see what he ends off. He says you should look into all the mitzvahs that you're doing during Elul, not just your tefillin and the mezuzahs. You know, have an introspection of every mitzvah that you do. Make sure you're saying Krishna right, and make sure you're uh, you know making brachas right and benching right bechulu. And he ends off. He says it's a minuk toif. It's a good practice to have your tefillin checked. During the month of El, which is why many people, we did it a week earlier, was reason Makdim al Mitzvah over here. But in many communities, you'll see that during El, there's a big push to have its own check that's based on this Mat Ephraim. But the question is, is it an obligation to get my tefillin check during the month of Elul? Do I have to check my tefillin yearly? Do I have to check my mezuzahs yearly? Like everyone knows your smoke detectors, you're supposed to check when you change the clocks, right? Check your smoke detector alarms and your carbon monoxide, right? That's what we do twice a year when we change the, the clock. What about your tefillin and mezuzahs? Is there a zman to when you're supposed to check them? So if you look in Shulchan Aruch, in Yeridea, Semirech Sadi Aleph, Sif Aleph, Hilchas Mezuzah, the Shulchan Aruch is calling a Gemara in Yuma, with the Shulchan Aruch Paschal, that it depends on what mezuzah it is. It's a mezuzah is yachid, which is what most of us have. We have private homes. So the Shulchan Aruch writes, a mezuzah is yachid, you have to check it twice every seven years. So the Mepharshim explain it means once every three and a half years. So a person is supposed to check his mezuzah once every three and a half years, which means I don't have to check it every single L. So why do I check it in El? That's a Chumrah. That's a Yesh Noigim, Yesh, you know, Mephash Vashem Mimaisim, Mameikar Adin. You only have to check your mezuzahs once every three and a half years. That's what it says in Shulchan Aruch. Now, the Aruch HaShulchan points out that where he lived, at least in the Vardik, he says where he lived there was a lot of moisture, and the moisture can do damage to the tefillin, or I'm sorry, to the mezuzah. And therefore he writes, where he lived, he used to check at least once a year. So there are Hashokas that even though it says in Shulchan Aruch you only have to check your mezuzahs once every three and a half years, he personally would check his, his mezuzahs more often. He would check them at least once a year because he was nervous that the liquid or the moisture in the air would go into the mezuzah and perhaps passel or do damage to the ksaf. That's what it says in the Aruch And then he writes another Chedish. He says, what happens if you have a house with many, many mezuzahs? So it's a big tirch to take off all the mezuzahs. So you say to yourself, you know what, I'll check three. And I figure if three are good, I can be saimich on chazaka, then all the mezuzahs are kosher. So Rosh says you can't do that. Every room and every floor has a different temperature. And again, 
the way we buy mezuzahs, we buy from different cipher. One mezuzah you bought 20 years ago, one mezuzah you bought 15 years ago. So the fact that one is good or three are good is not necessarily a raya that the other ones are good. Therefore, the Archa says you have to take off all the mezuzahs. Whenever you check them, you have to check off, take all the mezuzahs to check them. The Archa the Ibsoy Mizaman Orbach, who lived obviously much later than the Archa Shochan, Ibsoy Mizaman Orbach said, no, Bismanazah, the way they pack the mezuzahs, they pack it so well and it's so well protected. You really don't have to check your mezuzahs as often as it says in Shulchan Aruch. Because you can assume that the mezuzahs are really okay. Because if you look in Rashi and Yuma, Rashi and Yuma has two pshatim. Why do we even check a mezuzah in the first place? What are you checking for? So Rashi has two pshatim. One pshat is ganovim. They used to be thieves. They used to come in and steal the parashias of the, uh, the mezuzah. Not so much the case today because you don't need to bring it to the cipher then. If you're looking to make sure that your parashas aren't stolen, you can take off the case and see that the parashas are there. The second shot Rashi says is because we're afraid that the, the letters start to fade. So Rabbi Shalom felt that since today we pack the mezuzahs much better, we have them in a plastic, we have them in a case, you don't have to check them as frequent as it says in Shulchan Aruch. So that's why many people today don't check their mezuzahs as frequent. But again, even if you want to follow the letter of the law, the letter of the law says once every three and a half years. Now, for all of you who did get your mezuzahs checked, so the question is, and this is what everyone asks, is do you need to make another brach when you put it back up? So let's say you went to the cipher this morning, he was here between 8 and 12, whatever it was. So let's say, for example, you brought it in, and then he looked at your mezuzah, and let's say the mezuzah was kosh, everything was fine. So now you put it back up on the wall. Do you have to make another bracha when you put it back on the wall? Now, just for Yediya Ba'alma, what exactly is the bracha you make when you put up a mezuzah? So, you know, one of those Yediyas, Kali's questions, what's the bracha you make when you put up a mezuzah? So if you look in Shulchan Aruch, in Reish Peites and Yeredeh, the Shulchan Aruch writes, the bracha you make is Lekvaya Mezuzah. If you look in the Goyin over there in Shulchan Aruch Reish Betesi, he quotes the Yushalmi. The Yushalmi says the Nusach Abrach is Al Mitzvah Mezuzah. A different Nusach than we have it in Shulchan Aruch, but we pass in Likvay Mezuzah. The place can do say, if Bidyevid you said Al Mezuzah, would be Yaitzi the Bracha. But we make the Bracha Likvay Mezuzah. So what would happen if I took my Mezuzah off to be checked? And the cipher comes back, he says, it looks fantastic, it looks great. I put it back up on the wall, do I have to make a brach? So the truth is, this Shail is totally in the Shir that we hopefully will have this upcoming Shabbos about when you take your talus off. We're going to discuss this at length in Mr. Shaman Shabbos. When you take your towels off for a break, or you take your towels off to go to the bathroom, or even if you take your towels off to give it to someone to use, do you make another brach when you put your towels back on? And the simple answer would be probably not, unless there was a long hesachadas, a long break of time, to which the Shulchan Archerav says it's somewhere between two and three hours. So some pais can say, let's say the surfer gets it back to you right away, under two, and, two or three hours, you don't have to make another brach. But if it took five hours to get it back, then you would make a brach. But the Aruch HaShulchan has a different rule. The Aruch HaShulchan says it depends... By the end of the day. If you, go to, if you go to sleep at night and you don't have your mezuzahs back, the next day you have to make a bracha. So let's say, for example, you brought your stuff in today and the seifah doesn't give it back to you till tomorrow morning, you have to make a bracha when you put it back on. But if the seifah would bring it back to you 8, 9 o'clock tonight before you go to bed, according to the Archa you would not have to make another bracha when you put it back up. I know people that make the seifah crazy. They make him nuts to, uh, to have it done right away. So this way they don't want to have to run into a shayla about a bracha. If you bring it to the cipher, the cipher says it was taka puzzle, there's something wrong with the mezuzah, and he has to fix it, and then you put up a new mezuzah, the same mezuzah fixed, you would definitely make a brach in that case, as well as according to the Arach HaShulchan, if let's say your mezuzah falls down, this happens very often, you're walking in your room, and also you see the mezuzah's on the floor. So when you pick it up and put it back on the wall, you would make a bracha, that was deemed, and that is deemed a hesachadas. If you took off many mezuzahs, and you're going to put them all back on after a day as a lapse, let's say for example, you took the mezuzahs off the wall today, and then you brought them into the cipher, and two days later he gives you back the mezuzahs, which very often happens, which is another Shiloh. What do you do between those two days with having mezuzahs on your doors? You're supposed to borrow mezuzahs? 
What are you going to do? So it's a shaila what to do. But according to Rachel you have to make a bracha on all the mezuzahs when you put them back up. So the Ramah says in Shulchanach, one bracha goes for all the mezuzahs. So you make one bracha and you put up all the mezuzahs and you should try not to be mafsik in between. Now what about tefillin? How often do you have to check your tefillin? So if you look in Shulchanach and Arachayim, similar mitesh, sif yud ches, the Shulchanach writes, tefillin that were made bikashrusai, bikhes kas kashrus, tefillin that was made to be done properly, never need to be checked. You never have to check your tefillin. But, says the Shulchanach, let's say you have a pair of tefillin that you don't really wear that often. You have like a second pair that just kind of uh, hangs around. Then you have to check that more frequent. Again, I don't know many people have so many pairs of tefillin lying around. But if you have a pair of tefillin that you wear every single day, and it was done bikashu, so it was done by a, a competent, capable cipher, the Shulchanach says you never have to check your tefillin. So, you never have to check your tefillin. So why are Saifim trying to tell people to come and check their tefillin? Because it's based on the Magen Avram. The Magen Avram writes that even though it says in Shulchanach you never have to check your tefillin, it's good to check your tefillin. Because moisture gets into the tefillin, and other things get into the tefillin, so it's a worthwhile endeavor to check your tefillin. How often? So the contemporary Paiskim, Rebbe Vajra writes like this, and others write like this, you should follow the same rule as mezuzah. Just like mezuzah, we check it once every three and a half years. So you fill in, you should check once every three and a half years. But again, me'ikar adin, letter of the law, you don't have to check your tefillin at all. You can go your whole life and never check your tefillin. Reb Shleim Zalman writes in Halicha Shleim, it's better never to check your tefillin. Don't check them. He says, you only have problems when you start opening them up. Keep them closed unless something happened. They fell. They, they, something happened to them. There was a reason to think something's going on. But just because it's Elul, he wasn't a big proponent of checking the Tefillin Bismana. They bring the same Pesach Bishim. Sorry? Sorry? Oh, they do once a year? Again, to me, the Magen Avram is not clear how often. He just says he thinks you should do it. Shulchan Aruch says, you know, do you think you should? I think it's a worthwhile endeavor. The question is how often, Rabbi Shalom Zalman said, the more often you open it, the bigger trouble you're going to have. Right, so Rebel Yashiv held that today you also have the same svar like we saw from Mezuzah. Today it's, everything is done so much better, so there's much less of a chashash about what's going on. In the footnote in Halicha Shlomo, he tells a story where someone came to Rabbi Zalman and he checked this. This is a classic story. They came to Rabbi Zalman to check the tefillin and they realized that there was no parshish in the tefillin. Either it was empty or the parshas were puzzle gum, and the guy was wearing it for, I don't know, 20 years. So he asked Bisham Azam, what's he supposed to do? So Bisham Azam told him, what you should do is that for the rest of your life, you should wear the tefillin for an extra few minutes to make up for all those years that you weren't really wearing proper tefillin. So for going forward, he says you should try to put the tefillin on for longer. Others suggest you should try to donate money to, to, for people to buy tefillin, or you should learn hechaz tefillin, but that is a, the, you know, the story that takes place where if a person is... Um, Nebuch didn't, uh, didn't realize his tefillin didn't have parashas in them. So that's just some of the halachas that we talked about that are relevant for those who got their tefillin. And mezuzah check, that's what you should know. We left off very quickly, I just want to wrap up what we discussed uh, last week, about doing things that cause forgetfulness. So there's a famous one we mentioned um, last time about having someone sew on a baguette while you're wearing it. If you ever remember, probably your grandmothers, if you wanted to, them to sew something on while you were wearing it. So they tell you, you have to put something in your mouth. So we started to talk last time, is this a, uh, what we call a, you know, a superstition, or is this real? So it's not counted in the Gemara, in Hoyrius, of the things that are kosher l'shecha, but it is found by the Machzevichi. The Machzevichi was a Talmud of Rashi. So this is well based, at least in the 1200s. So he does say that if a person is going to have a baguette, anything sewed onto them, Rebbe Vajra says, even if a button is going to be sewed on a jacket that's on you, you should put something in your mouth. Either have like a toothpick, or you should have a thread to chew on, and you should say the words, Hashem Yishmar Chatzescha Uvayecha, while the person is sewing, while they're on you. But many people are very makhbu, they won't do this, but again, it's, it's because of Kashal Shechecha. The last thing that I want to talk about, which is also Kashal Shechecha, it's very Negea, is leaving Svarim open. 
Uh, very often a person's learning and he gets up, he goes to the bathroom, he gets a phone call, he goes busy, so he leaves the safer open. So there's really a Gemara in Erevin that's mashma that you should not leave Svarim open because it's a design to the safer, it's a disrespect to the safer. But if you look in your day on Semeresh Ein Zayin, the Shach writes, this is the Shach, Talking 1600s, the Shach writes that it's this is Lashin. It is well known to those people who are the wise and honest people. There's a Malach out there. This is the Shach talking. He was a very litzvish Jew. There's a Malach out there called Shade Shindalid. And he protects the pages. On anyone who leaves his farm open, the Yotza. And he leaves, Shemishkach Tayrase causes him to forget his learning. So Pashtis, the Gemara in Erevin, is just a bizarre to the Sefer. The Shach says, no, it causes a person to forget his Tayrah. If you leave a Sefer open and you walk out of the room, it causes a person to forget his Tayrah. So there's an interesting tshuva to Menashe Klein. Someone asked Menashe Klein, is this true or this is a Baba Maisa? This thing about leaving your Sefer open. He says, what do you mean? It's a first Shach. The Shach says in Yardaya, Reish Ein Zayin, that if you leave your Sefer open when you leave, it's Kashal Shechacha. So they come up with different eights about you should cover it. So many people have practiced that when they leave, they cover it like this. This way it's not, uh, it's open to the, this page, it's not open to any Torah. But people are very mad, but they don't want to forget their learning. And it's a bizarre to the Sefer, that they try to cover the Sefer when they leave. The Aruch HaShulchan had a big cooler. The Aruch HaShulchan said, it's only a problem if you're going to leave for a long time. But let's say you're stepping out to go to the bathroom, you're stepping out to get a drink, you're stepping out to make a phone call, you'll be back in a few minutes, Aruch HaShulchan said, then you don't have to cover the Sefer. It's only if you're going to be leaving for a long amount, a long amount of time. They quote Bashem of Moshe, that when Moshe used to go eat lunch or supper, he'd keep his svarim open. Why? Because Moshe held, he's coming right back. He'll be back in a few minutes, he's going to have a quick meal and come right back. They say Rebbe Vajah, when he used to go to bed at night, kept all his svarim open. If you ever saw Rebbe Vajah, he had tons of svarim open, he was just writing. So for him to close every Sefer, well, it took a lot of time. So for him, he was, to him, when he went to bed, he was like ready to get back to work. When he woke up in the morning, so he kept all his farm open. And this way, when he got up in the morning, he went back to work. But uh, the practice is, many people like to cover it with something. Nevin Saul said you can cover it with a jacket. You can cover it with a hat even. But many people, they just try to co- cover the cover page. Now, I have a problem. I don't have swarm in my house. I have a computer. All my swarm are on a computer. So the question is, am I allowed to leave my computer screen on with the page up? So the truth is, after a while, the, the, the page gets dark anyways. So I hold that's like the safer closing. But what happens if I have the, 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 the safers up on, on the computer screen? And then I leave the room. Is that like leaving the safer open? Or that's different because it's a computer? I'm not sure. But the truth is, after a while, the screen goes black anyways. So that would be okay according to all sheets. Okay.